Greetings, my most excellent friends, and welcome back to the Sandema School of Film podcast. Please join us on our most excellent adventure through time as we discuss all genres of film. My name is Tim. With me in the booth today is Al and Brad. How are both of you? Brad, have you gone? Where are you? Brad's gone. No, no, I'm here. Gone. I'm, I'm here. here. Good to see you both. Jules, unfortunately, can't make it today, uh, so we're going to push on, but we do miss him. He's somewhere in the circuits of time, so... Um, he's just hanging on to that guitar. He is. He'll turn up. Like He'll turn up like just afterwards. He'll fall from a tree. It'll be hilarious. All that. Um, not De- not Anomalous. Uh, Rufus. Or Napoleon. Or Napoleon. Depending on which movie you're watching. Um, depends. Al, you're in control of the booth today. <laughs> and you're taking us back to an old favourite, 1986. Uh, to watch the oh com- little quirky comedy drama heist style film <laughs> Malcolm, which well, Tim, I'm going to say Australian is probably all you got right there, <laughs> <laughs> and, and and heist. Jeez, <laughs> all right. I think I think my last my last pick was um, Little Shop, right? Little Shop of Horrors was that 1986 as well. Well, we might find out soon. Might have been. Oh, was, sorry, sorry. <laughs> it was similar. We might be in a 1996 rut, which has happened before. I know. Well, because I got a house there. <laughs> but we're out of it's we're just... out of our war film rut, so that's all right. We're... I'm in my comfort zone. Yeah, no more war films for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we get started, it's important here at the Sandem School of Film that we acknowledge and show our gratitude to the first storytellers, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, the traditional custodians of the unceded lands we are recording on. Jules, I guess, hit the booth. Gentlemen, we're history. Let's hope that works. Ja. <laughs> um, 1986, Al, before we get on to a synopsis for you, I think it's important maybe that we, again, just refresh our memory in terms of what happened in this <laughs> fantastic year that we just seem to love so much. Brad, I think it's going over to you. It's time for... <gasps> History with Brad. History with Brad. History with Brad. History with Brad. Oh, yeah, me. Um, look, I didn't do anything. Um Realistically, if you want to know what happened in 1986, uh, go back and listen to Little Shop of Horrors, where I probably told you to just go back and listen to Rad, where I probably just told you to go back and listen to Aliens, and even then I probably told you to go back and listen to either Transformers, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Top Gun, or Highlander. Basically, listen to 30% of our back catalogue. <laughs> Pretty much. But one thing I did do, because it's something that I haven't done in the other ones, is that in 1986, a loaf of bread cost you about 60 cents, and a litre of milk cost you about 70 cents. So there oh, you go. So I did do something. Terrific. I did do something. Now the challenge is on for the next time we're back here for you to come up with something else. Like, I know. You should just, just add this one to the bread list. today. <laughs> yeah, good or, point. Or your milk's cheaper if you drive up your remote control car to the milk bar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Anyway. Well, without, <laughs> without further ado, Al, do you want to just, just give us a quick synopsis? It's not going to be long. And... Uh, Okay, so uh, Malcolm uh, works for the trams. He, w- he works at the tram workshop, uh, and he gets fired. And uh, uh, he 
get, uh, and as a result of that, he needs an income, uh, and so he gets a boarder into his room, who is Frank, and uh, Frank is a bank robber, and so Malcolm gets caught up in the hijinks of bank robbery. And then, storyline ensues. <laughs> that, that it does. So, okay. So IMDb calls him a, sh- a chronically shy mechanical genius. I couldn't find this on IMDb. Oh, really? Like, I, I spelt Malcolm in several different ways, couldn't find it. So, yeah, right. It's yeah. definitely there. It's right um, under Malcolm in the middle, if that's what you're... <laughs> I came up with, like, Malcolm and, in the middle, Malcolm and X. above Malcolm X, yeah. <laughs> but no, didn't, uh, mine, for some reason, didn't have that one. I don't know why. Ironically, Malcolm in the middle is not in the middle. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> it's their fault for being so damn popular. <laughs> and that's me for the podcast. I'll see you guys <laughs> next week. <laughs> <laughs> that may be the funniest thing in this whole podcast. Yes. All right. Okay. Um, Come on. Now, what? Uh, why'd you choose this, man? Please tell us. Okay. Okay. That's a good question. I saw it come up on Netflix. I've enjoyed this film for a while. I have it on DVD that I've recently. I've moved on my DVD collection Ooh. in the last day or two. Um, to where? But, to the op shop. Uh, uh, I'll probably stash it at mum's. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> so you haven't actually moved on. <laughs> I can't let go. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Don't worry, I'm in the same boat. There's something about this film that I really love. It's This film is so delightful. And I'm sure you guys will think differently and whatever, but I, I, I don't know what it is. There's, there's a lot of charm about this film. It's uh, maybe an innocent charm. Yeah, that I that I really dig, and and so when I saw it pop up pop up on Netflix, part of me was like, oh well, let's see if we can get some views for it, and it's just a good opportunity to, uh, you know, revisit some some old Australian film. Strange, like the <clears throat> we're good at awkward. You know, movies. very good point, Tim. That is what that's what I've been wondering about this film, and you just hit the nail on the head. Like, it's it very awkward. Me a lot of, it reminded me a bit of Two Hands in the awkwardness. It was just a lot yeah, but the Two Hands did it in a very more entertaining way, I think. But yes, <laughs> this film, like, it, but I think it's purposely awkward though. Mm. But yes, you're right though, especially those early, like those 1980s Australian films. They 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 all they're all very awkward, but. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's yeah. I've always been wondering what it is, and that's it. Thank you. <laughs> so, Brad, you'd seen this, but not for ages. So. Oh yeah, look, I've seen this many, many times. I remember, um, you know, being a very young kid when this came out. You probably and saw it at the theatre. No, I didn't go see it at the cinemas, but I do remember, like, you know, going to the shopping centres and like the tram would be there, and like, you know, for the promo things and all those sort of awesome. things. So I, I remember when it came out, and I remember seeing it. I remember enjoying it at the time, but I don't think I really understood what was going on. Um, sure, I probably sure. thought it was maybe a different film because of well, it wouldn't have been that old, sort of in you know, um, to really understand sort of the bank robbing part of it. I probably just would have been more interested in the, uh, you know, in the the him building the tram in his garage more than anything. But um, yep. and I probably not understood the, the the main point of the of the story. But um, yeah, so I definitely seen it a few times, and I I, I remember enjoying it. But I've got to say though, this time watching it, it was it was a bit of a struggle. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, it didn't have that same 
you know, that's that one of those things sometimes you shouldn't go back and on the things you love sort of thing, you know, because you, you watch them in a different light. Um, but yeah, this was maybe one of them. I just found it really hard to watch. I found the acting absolutely terrible. Um, like shock, shockingly bad. Like even, even Bud Tingwell for the small part that he was in it, um, you know, was, was really terrible. Fine, mind you, for most people my generation only know Bud Tingwell from The Late Show. So, you know, um, uh, but um, yeah, it's just, it was just a real struggle. I just, I couldn't get into it. It took me three goes to watch it. Um, and it, uh, yeah, I don't know. There was just something really, really lacking about it. It just seemed to have no, no energy left in it. I don't know. It was just weird. Oh wow, that's interesting. Yeah. And and Timmy, you hadn't seen it, or? No, I hadn't seen it. Look, it kept me interested only for the fact that I was just a bit perplexed by why this is a movie. <laughs> I suppose it was this, just look. This won best film at the AFIs in 1986. Did like it? this yeah, was the right. best. This was the best. All right. Film. And, what other what other Australian films came out in 1986? Crocodile Dundee came out the same year. Holy shit! This beat yeah. Crocodile Dundee. This beat Crocodile Dundee at the AFIs. Jesus. No, nowhere else. <laughs> on the Must be noted. <laughs> Did they forget to include Crocodile Dundee, or was there a special Maybe. award just for Crocodile Dundee? Maybe. Because put it this way, if I'm going to compare the two films, mm, mm. be different ratings. I can tell you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because I actually, I, mean, I actually watched Crocodile Dundee about three weeks ago. Oh, there you go. But see, I find it fascinating that these two films came out around the same time, and just how like wildly different they are. Yeah, and, and wildly and, different in their success as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this, like you said, this was this was big at the time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was absolutely. This was they, definitely. They, big. they really pushed this film. From my, from what I can remember, there was like you know they really did try to get behind this film. Um, yeah. I, because I don't have the IMDb thing, I can't tell you what it cost to make and what it made. But, um, <laughs> but I'm sure if you guys do, you can uh, you can do that. I could try. And yeah, so it was it was interesting. I was looking into it, and it was written by uh, it was written by David Parker, and directed by Nadia Tass, and they're a married couple. Um, mm-hmm. Why did, what so, else have they done? That sounds familiar. Uh, Nadia Tass has done. She did Amy with um, Rachel Griffith and the the girl who would only communicate through singing. Okay. Yeah, doesn't no. doesn't doesn't um, ring a bell. Nope. It was no. sort of, I reckon it came after this. Mm. Um, well, in fact, yeah. And the other one that I know from Nadia Tass is The Big Steel. Ah, oh, the, the Big Steel. Well, that's one that I actually, I got a little bit confused of this um, in the last episode when I said that a bit was shot at our, at our school. But it's actually The oh, Big Steel is the bit the that was shot. Yeah, Big Steel was shot at our school. So, yeah, that I actually, I got it a little bit mixed up. So, yeah. No, The Big Steel. I well, think- I actually, I saw that probably about a year ago and I still found that really funny. All right, Brian. Yeah, I've been trying to watch that again because... Um, oh, sorry, Tim. No, no, go, go. I've been trying to watch that again because I've been on a an accidental uh, Ben Mendelsohn kick at the moment. Oh, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Um, it start, oh, I, I, I watched Animal Kingdom again for after a long ah. time. Um, yeah, okay. Well, there's a slightly I, different and, film as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I accidentally watched... Well, not accidentally watched, but... I, I watched uh, Killing Them Softly. Uh, it's got uh, Brad Pitt and James Gandolfini. And uh, yeah, yeah, I know of it. Surprisingly, 
it's got Ben Mendelsohn in it as an Australian heroin addict and he's very very funny in it as a result he's like full like oh nah nah don't worry about it we'll be fine (laughs) excellent Um, and so and so then I was like okay I'm on a Mendelsohn thing and then I went and watched uh, Cozzy after it I went more Uh, yep yep late 80s early 90s Aussie comedy and that's got everyone in it um yeah and so I was looking for the big steal but I couldn't it's it's not streaming at the moment so I couldn't well, is not streaming on Ben Mendelsohn yeah. in um, he's obviously in um, the Star Warsy stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Why yeah, no, in Rogue, Rogue One? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he was alright in that. Um, I'm just thinking the Marvel film. Um, I've had yeah, him he's in Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. Thank you. I was going to say Captain America. Like, I knew that wasn't right. He's yeah. like the head, the the head scroll, the green guy. And he's like still Aussie accent. Yeah, like which scrolls, is good. Scrolls are Aussie. <laughs> yeah. I swear we spent good. a big portion of the last episode talking about Ben Mendelsohn. Oh, did we? This Maybe. is not the first time. <laughs> okay. I googled him again and go, what does he look like again? Oh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. Anyway, Nadia Tass was my point. Um, yeah, because yeah. Ben Mendelsohn's not in this film. No, no he's in the big <laughs> stick. Yeah, he's Carbon. in the big stick. <laughs> yes, exactly. Brad, what, Yo. take a guess of its, at what this film cost to make. No, but how much it took opening weekend in the US and Canada. Or well, hang on, I want to say how much did it cost to make first? Let me guess at uh, that. I reckon I can't. I can't see where that's written here. I've only okay. got box office takings here. First weekend US, seventeen dollars. <laughs> seventeen dollars. You got the seven right. It got seven thousand dollars. And then its gross US Canada was five hundred and forty-four thousand. So not so, exactly hugely successful. Maybe. Yeah, no. And and Timmy, while you're there searching, uh, can you just quickly chuck in uh, Crocodile Dundee <laughs> <laughs> as a comparison? Just, to see what, just as a comparison <laughs> to oh, see yeah. how wrong they got the AFI awards at the time. <laughs> oh, come on! <laughs> <laughs> this film is so charming. I'll get into it. I'll get into it. Right. All right, okay. Bring I me love, back, Elf. Prove to I me love, why you why it's good. Okay, I love old trams. Okay, fair enough. Okay, tick. Not, not quite to the extent. That well, we all love the W class trams. I love everyone the loves romance, the W class. Yeah, of a W class. Yeah, and seeing them all in like full operation. Hang on a sec. For our international uh, listeners that have mm. no idea what a tram is because they live in a modern society. <laughs> well, they've well, just watched ex- the movie, so ex- explain explain what a tram is. Uh, it's like a, it's like what, what are you talking about? There are plenty. There are trams all over the world. We're not They're the not, ev- not in every city. Trams. They're not in every no, city. No, but there's more than Melbourne. Well, San Francisco, there you go. San US Francisco's has trams. got trams, so you know. Uh, no, that's they're called trolleys. Streetcars. Exactly. They're streetcars for those who are wondering. Streetcars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Toronto's <laughs> got trams, which actually yeah. uh, Toronto's basically Melbourne that you just drive on the other side of the road. It's just colder. So, Brad, mm-hmm. it's cold. Crocodile Dundee. Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> <laughs> opening, opening weekend in the US. <laughs> Eight mil. Eight million. Eight mil. <laughs> yep. And so, so Malcolm got 7,000. 7,000. Uh, yeah. Gross in the US, Canada was 174 million. Gross worldwide, 328 
million. Whoa. <laughs> and it was budgeted at 8.8 million. So they got their money back, clearly. So it covered both films. It covered. It covered it. Well done, Altus. covered it. Well done. Which, which one did a whole heap of business for the Australian tour- tourism industry? Not Malcolm. <laughs> <laughs> See, there's a lot. There's a lot to like that opening sequence where he gets, where he gets the tram that he makes, and he just cruises. See, I was so that. confused by that because I thought initially I thought if he was a maintenance guy for the trams, that was the maintenance vehicle to go out and fix tracks. I didn't know that he was just joyriding about. He was totally just joyriding. It was the best. and it's like you know, '86 Melbourne. So I had a great time. How does he just to be not to be jewels or anything, but how does he get that from his garage to the track? No, he built it at work. Yeah, but like he kept it. A, how does he keep it a secret if it's at work? Yeah, I don't know. And then how did Maybe. he get it later on? If he'd been fired, do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> he's a shy genius. I get that, but. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't, I, don't, I don't understand. It um, <coughs> it was weird. And look, to I suppose if you try and bring this back to some form of reality, his relationship with Frank, as bizarre as it was, and possibly those two would actually never have met in real life because he doesn't seem like the type of person that would have ever taken on a border um, purely because of his privacy and his slightly awkwardness socially um it did seem that's one of the only bits i did like about the film was that their relationship in the end actually seemed like a really genuine relationship super genuine yeah yeah, yeah which was kind of good like they really seemed to like the 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 plot really did seem to work that they actually were having a whole really good time and with um what was the other the girl's name um frank's girlfriend oh Yep. Fire. Anyway, um, that like that little family unit was kind of it, yes. Thank you. Um, it kind of gave um, what's the main character's name again? Oh, Malcolm, Malcolm, obviously. <laughs> name of the movie, mate. <laughs> oh, come on, Brad. You oh, give me something here. <laughs> Far out. Uh, You're not even trying. <laughs> I, look, I mean, we expect. I told you what happened for history with, with Brad, but yeah, it's it's the paint fumes. I'm still blaming them. The whole house mm. smells like paint. Anyway, um, I now forgot where I was going, so it doesn't matter. Oh, Christ. <laughs> I think the um, the the moment that I noticed where their friendship was kind of like the the moment that I thought, oh yeah, it's developing well, is when they're showing. Was did you say June or Judith? I was about to say that. Is it when, when they've got her in the back the of the car and they're yeah. just like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I remember seeing that car at the shopping center too. Like that car was one of the main big things of this film. Like as far as the marketing goes, was the you know the car that split in two. And yeah, um, yeah. Al, I do remember. You reckon, do you reckon this is where Christopher Nolan got his idea of the bat pod? From this car, oh. you reckon this is the one hundred and fifty percent? No doubt. He's yep. like, oh, have you guys seen nineteen eighty six? Is Malcolm? It's a small Aussie film. Didn't do very well at the box office. But in that, there's a car that splits in half. I'm thinking we take that and put it into the Batmobile. Yeah, you remember Absolutely. Malcolm? It was one of the two big films of nineteen eighty six for Australia. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> what was the other one? Ah, <laughs> oh, it doesn't matter. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. You, you wouldn't have heard of the other one. It wasn't really yeah. that big. Yeah. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I'll tell you, one of the funniest things of the whole film was there was like a, it was a shot of when they were driving the two halves and one of the stunt guys had this big moustache. Like, he was not. He was clearly <laughs> he was clearly not any of the characters. <laughs> oh. um, so, one thing I find fascinating about this film, one thing of many things, is that, uh, you know, we've talked about Malcolm being a shy and, you know, keeps to himself personality. But really, like... Malcolm's on the autism spectrum. Oh, absolutely. Right? Like, yeah. Yeah. And I find it fascinating that it's not discussed at all. There's no, no. Like, acknowledgement of it. It's just he exists in this world and he lives by himself. And everyone's okay him. with it. Yeah. And if anything, yeah. they try and help him, but they don't make any big point of it. Yeah. That's one thing I did notice it was, yeah. was kind of good Which about I it too. I thought it was kind of cool. because, And so at first I was like, oh... Like, it had to be done on purpose, right? Because Colin Fields is an actor who's in many things. Many, many things. Yeah, and and doesn't have this this personality trait. No. So it's so it's clearly intentional. Um, and I was like, oh, that's int- it's an interesting choice. Was that in the script or was that, you know, where, how has that come about given that they don't acknowledge it? Um Especially of a time where there was not really public acceptance. Like, 1986 yeah. in Australia was... If you were slightly outside of the ordinary, society probably didn't look on you very well. We're a very, very conservative yeah. country back then. Not that we're not now, but we were ultra-conservative still back then. Yeah. So I find it fascinating that this film did so well. Mm-hmm. You know, well, with this... Maybe with this that's why, though. Maybe that's why that... Um, because they didn't make anything of it, then... People didn't go, oh, that's that film about that, that spastic kid, you know? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, he, he was just weird and quirky and that's just what he was. And, and yeah, people, just, well, people so just dealt with that. Looking into it further, I found out it was the character was... Oh, well, the film was dedicated to John Tassopoulos, oh, useless, who was Nadia Tass's brother. Mm-hmm. Um, who'd passed away three years before the film came out, mm-hmm. um, in, like in his twenties, mm-hmm. uh, and he was he was on the autism spectrum. So mm-hmm. this was like, you know, so it. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, this this makes a whole lot more sense now. And it's yeah. so it's basically like this love letter to her brother. And I'm like, okay. oh, that's really with this like quirky sort of bank robbery twist. Um. Yeah, I was just like I only like I only found that out this afternoon when I was reading up on it, and I'm like, oh, this right. is this is really cool. Like, there's been a um, whole sort of new twist. As much as this was years and years ago, but there's there's been a lot of things recently that have opened up to society's acceptance of a lot of things that were historically looked upon very very badly. So um, you know, during COVID one, I know we're in. COVID-5 now, and it's all right. <laughs> COVID Tokyo drifts next, so it's okay. <laughs> um, Hold on. Uh, but over COVID-1, I watched um, Shit's Creek, which... Oh, yep. um, so Shit's Creek's obviously the main character is, is a gay guy. And, but 
Well, never in the show. Well, in, in, well, no, in, well, whatever. But not that that matters. But that's the whole point of the show is that not once through all of the seasons uh, is anyone in that town calling him a fucking poofter or a fag or something like that. There's no aggression against him being not the standard of that town and his and his boyfriend and and so forth. Never in that show does anyone talk down about the fact that he's gay. And that, for me, was a huge step forward in the total acceptance of normality of and helping these people just become part of the greater good of of the world. Where it's like they're not making a point. Like, who gives a shit Mm. what their preference is? They're a human being and he was just treated as a human being through this entire show. Okay, he had some quirks and things like that. And that's what they sort of poked fun at. But they never, ever poked fun at his sexuality or his choices or anything along those lines. It was never mentioned. Even even when people came through the town, it was never mentioned. Everyone just accepted it, moved on, and it was never even brought up in conversation. And I thought that was really good as far as moving forward in just total acceptance of, of, of these things. And I thought yeah, it was really and good. And this is very that. similar to that. There's a conversation he has with Stevie really early on in the show about the kinds of wine. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that gets used. That gets used as like a, I don't know what you call it, a, a point of reference. Mm. A lot these days. Yep. Um, you'll find that online. Check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I was, I was into this idea of like, oh, it's like not acknowledged but it's like he's the lead he's the lead in this film yep um which was i don't know though because frank was pretty frank definitely gets yeah like he was calling him all sorts of things so yeah yeah um yeah but at no point but frank called everyone all sorts of things well yeah and the other thing is that judith was pulling him up on it every time yeah and like every time yeah um, Which yeah. also would have been very rare um, in 1986 Australia as well for people to actually stand up and call that out. Um, yeah. It just would have been, you know, he'll be right, he'll get over it. Yeah, yeah. How um, sick are his um, model trams, man? Oh, so sick. You know, pretty it good. reminded me like the, you know, with the um, bringing the mail in. I thought that was the mailbox. Was <laughs> yeah. Like a tram. <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> It just reminded me of when we were kids, <clears throat> we had this huge plan to have a train with the laundry basket on it going from our rooms <laughs> yeah. down to the... And we had planned to... We had to knock holes in the walls and all sorts of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, and your parents um, didn't allow you to do that? Well, I don't know how privy they were to the plan, but... Um, <laughs> it was genius, Brad. It was I'm, look, I'm, I'm sure. Tim's I'm, room. I'm sure it was. Tim's room was going to be called Timbuktu. It was brilliant. <laughs> yeah, see... <laughs> He's gone. We broke him. <laughs> it was either us or the fake teams. <laughs> yeah, it's both. It's both. But I just loved, I just loved the fact that he was just engrossed in trams, no matter where he was. Like his trams going yeah. through all the kitchen. He was always building a tram. Um, yeah. He just played, and the, you know, the, I can't remember his love interest, but geez, he talked her ear off about trams, and it got to the point yeah, where I'm yeah. like, bro, you <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> just chill on the trams, man. <laughs> just calm down a bit. That full, like, obsession. <clears throat> it was so good. Like the, the train watchers and aeroplane guys and 
So good, yeah. He's like, oh, of course, the B-23 didn't have the... Yeah, he's talking about the window the differences. Yeah, and... yeah, that's right. I mean, it had the same windows, but they changed the latch. And <laughs> I'm like, I love... I do enjoy that level of obsession about something very, very specific. Correct, yeah. Like, it's, it's kind of cool. I'm like... I am. Um, that's awesome. You're into it. Yes, if that's your thing, that's that's good. Look, coming from the uh, the auto industry, and especially in my original stage of dealing with classic English cars, um, I've dealt with a lot of people that are on that level of insanity. I'd like to say, well, where no, they're, they're consumed. No, there's an obsession, but it's an, yeah, they're absolutely consumed by the thing, uh, whatever it is they're doing, and they know that. Well, you know, that's not the right screw that's in that thing there. And, you know, well, that, you know, that little bit is tiny little bit there is, is actually off a 1964 model, not the 1963 and a half, because from June awesome. 17 to, to, you know, to August uh, 23rd, they used this one, but then that, uh, that shop shut down. So, um, and the factory went broke. <laughs> so then they had to go to this. And you're like, whoa, dude. Yeah, see, I'm into that. Like, there are guys out there that build. Um, studio scale replicas of film models right like mm-hmm. of star like let's take star wars that's an easy one right yeah mm. so so you know a studio scale millennium falcon is like a meter and a half two meters long yep right and it's got so they so i, I don't know how into it you guys are i'm gonna i'm gonna nerd out for a second but uh a lot of a lot of the the stuff on star wars was built by this technique called kit bashing right and ILM had this library kit bashing, kit kit bashing, not yeah. kid. No, no, no. <laughs> right, definitely not kid bashing. Excellent, kit bashing. Good. Right, and and glad we cleared ILM that. would have this library. You'd go up into the attic, and they'd have this library of model kits, tanks, and boats, and planes, and stuff. And you just go and pick bits of model kit and attach it, attach greebles onto your onto your spaceships. Right, mm-hmm. and that was and that was how they made them. Right, that was how they made all the original ships. Now there are blokes out there, and I'm so into this. Cause, like this is cool. Like it's not me, and that's fine. But I'm into this. That someone is this into it. It could be you though. It could be you me. Could be <laughs> if I had the disposable income, it might be me. But there are guys out there who there are there are part lists to build a studio scale replica of a Y wing or an A wing or an X wing, and it has the specific pieces from a specific era of tank model that Timea released between 86 and 73 or you know what you know whatever the years or, were or even 73 and 86 or even 73 to 86 <laughs> yeah i was aware of that as, as it was coming out of my mouth so right so you can go and find you've got to go and find the specific kit and now these kits are becoming rare because they're getting eaten up by all the Star Wars. And, and they're only being bought just for those bits and the rest of it. And gets- they use a couple of the bits, yeah. And people yeah. have started like modeling those bits and selling. You can mold and cast and sell those pieces wow. specifically for the studio scale guys to oh go out God. and absolutely replicate your, your, you know, three foot Y wing. Like it's, it's nuts, but it's awesome. Like I so, love that I mean, people are so into go- something. That's legit. That is exactly. See that thing that takes up my entire lounge room? That is exactly. Yeah. <laughs> We're not eating in the lounge room. Why not? Because of the Y wing. Why else? Because <laughs> yeah. of the Y wing. <laughs> yeah. Duh. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I get it and I love it. It's not me and that's awesome. That's fine. You know, like, 
And so I like I like those scenes a lot where he's like just he's on such a deep dive on the trams and he's on a roll and he's having the best time. You can see him. He's got a couple of beers in him, which he clearly doesn't do very often. And he's just like she wants to hear about trams. Let's go. <laughs> and because, like, she hasn't told him to stop immediately, so he's like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> she's, lo- she's loving it. Um, the There's a ripper. You know, I started uh, banging on about the early 80s Melbourne before. There's a... Um, there's a YouTube video of a, of a bloke going around visiting locations um and i ended up oh well as soon as i was watching the film and he gets a letter that says 23 napoleon street collingwood i'm like here we go right and it was right near my old work i used to ride past uh, napoleon street every day Mm. and it looks quite different now Uh, malcolm's house is uh not there and it's a giant block of apartments um, but a lot of stuff on the other side of the street is still there. Um, milk bar? So the milk bar wasn't a milk bar. It was like dressed as an exterior milk bar for the film. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, it's just like, it's just off Wellington Street down in Collingwood. And I'm like, oh yeah, look at that. I can check it. You so it um, maps and Malcolm's house wasn't classed as a uh, historical site? It hasn't been, unfortunately. Mm. And the interiors were shot somewhere else. The interiors were shot in Flemington, I think. Okay. I did enjoy 80s Melbourne quite a lot. Yeah. Um, I know, right? There were some bits where I'm like, oh, that's where Crown is now and all that sort of stuff. Mm. There's a couple of shots in the city. Um, And And I've got a, a... The bridge he walks under. There's a rail bridge he walks under right at the start. Uh, And I'm like, oh, I know that bridge. It's in Cremorne. Um, just up behind the, uh, it's on the other side of it's on the southern side, I think, of um, Swan Street. Oh right. Um, just near Richmond Station. Okay. I'm like, I t- but I totally know that bridge. I'm like, oh, I've got I've got some work that happens around there, but um, sort of near Cherry uh, Cherry Tree. What's that pub that's like up the back of Cremorne? Anyway. Oh, yeah. Right. I know the one you mean. I know the one. Yeah. It's it's up behind, uh, is it the precinct? Yeah, in that back street there. It's Cremorne. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Cremorne's like the smallest suburb in Melbourne, isn't it? Yeah, totally. Yeah, Hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I like this film a lot. It's delightful. Mm. It's this combination of like 80s Melbourne because you don't see it a lot. Mm. Like... This, this felt of like a very Melbourne based film for some reason yeah like, I mean because it was so centered around the trams I guess yeah I also suppose that at the time if they were going for an internationalish film that was shot in Australia then it was always shot in Sydney because it's the only thing anyone ever knew about Melbourne about Australia so yeah yeah so mm-hmm. um, yeah and it was things like that tram depot that was the south South Melbourne tram depot that's not there anymore mm-hmm. um, off King Street um, yeah I don't know I like it I like it a lot well, I like it a lot and I meant to watch to. yeah and there was a there was a commentary on my DVD that I didn't get to but I would like to 
but never mind. Cool. Before this, the uh, the wheelchair Ned Kelly thing was interesting. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That came out of nowhere well, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Good and good and distracting, I guess. It yeah. did its job. Um, I found yeah, and again, like it's time for logical Tim. It the I found like that chase because like the, the clearly the plan was. We'll turn the office supply van into a Mr. Whippy or Mr. Whoppy, I think it was it was called in the film. Eighties <laughs> um, Melbourne. Yeah. Ouch. <laughs> and um, so that was the plan, and then obviously they got sprung by the cops while waiting at the red. <clears throat> and so the thing <laughs> I, I love mean, it. <laughs> hey mate, hey, mate. here's an ice cream. What? <laughs> he's like, oh, an ice cream. And then he's like, oh, you got no rear vision mirror, like. He's just copping. Like, come He's on. just dirty now because he can't have his ice cream. Um, so that was clearly the plan, and then they got sprung. And so I found it funny that, you know, they outran the cops somehow in that bulky-ass van, and then the tram was there, just there. Um, but I love the fact that the cops pulled around the side of Mr. Whoppy van and were, like, looking around the street like, oh, no one there, no one there, weird, tiny, small tram. Weird, cool. tiny tram. <laughs> Cool, let that go. That's good. <laughs> like oh, just... no, because no, no, because remember they put the facade on the back. Yeah, of it, but so it, it was just like like a normal tram. It was like half scale tram. It looked like a normal tram. It did not look like a normal tram <laughs> at all. Tim, you're delusional. <laughs> it looked like a normal tram. It looked rubbish. Jesus. <laughs> uh, Maybe you look rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, it was it, even for me. It was one of those things. It's like, why aren't the cops noticing this tiny tram? It wasn't tiny. They <laughs> it couldn't tiny. see it <laughs> from that angle. It wasn't tiny. <laughs> <laughs> it was so small. Oh, maybe they just thought it was further away. Sure. Ah, see, now you're getting it's it. It's all about perspective. <laughs> where's, your sus- where's your suspension of disbelief, fellas? The KFAB. KFA's not working in this one, mate. Yeah, KFA's not working. <laughs> there was no wrestler. Um, um, what else had Frank been in? Because he seems like oh, he's one of those actors that's been in a heap of stuff. Yeah, John Hargraves has been in heaps of stuff. Like heaps um, of stuff, yeah. Yeah, but hang on. But not, not stuff I was familiar with. Um. Because he's pretty stereotyped Aussie blue oh, collar worker. Oh, he was in Blue Murder in this yeah. film. He was he was he was the QC in Blue Murder. That's why you know him, I reckon, Brad. Okay, maybe. Uh, yep, 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 yep. Just going back to Blue Murder. Yeah. Oh, Ooh. and he is in a film that I couldn't find, but I'm like, I looked at the front cover of it, and this film in also in 1986 called Sky Pirates. It looks amazing. Cool. Mm. I'm like, it's got a, it's got just, a, yeah. Air, Air Force Lieutenant Harris starts for a, starts for a flight to Boa Boa on board Reverend Mitchell with a box containing a part of top secret extraterrestrial key. Sweet. And you should, yeah. I'm like, it's it's all like full sci-fi. How could that be bad? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they it's should have done that. The Bermuda that Triangles in it. Oh. It's like, yeah. It something, I saw something on Instagram the other day and it was pretty much true. It's like, growing up as a kid, I thought the Bermuda Triangle would have far more influence on my life. Yeah, correct. 
That and quicksand. Neither <laughs> of them. Neither of them. Does anyone even talk about the Bermuda Triangle anymore? I think so. They don't. It's a real shame. No. Or quicksand. Or quicksand. Unless, quicksand you're, used to be oh, a unless you're in the mummy. Yeah. Nah, good point. Good point. Yes. Um, he was in Don's party too. That, you know, I hey. might recognise him from that. But. I didn't recognise anything that he'd been in, so I'm young yeah. though. Cool. Um, yeah. Look, I'm out of uh, notes. I, um, yeah, look, I don't know. I don't know I, what I, like. I didn't have any notes. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have any notes. <laughs> I never do. The everything, all the gadgets and stuff worked, which I thought was kind of cool. Like yeah. nothing was like rigged for the like, and and I feel like you could tell that. Yeah, as well. Like, I remember seeing the car, and the car was literally just two motorbikes with half a car bolted to it. Yeah, yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, um, and like all the the remote could like that remote control car that goes up to the milk bar. I'm like, I love it. I don't know. That's my jam. That sort of stuff. I don't know why, but and then the fact they put the bins on him. Like he goes to the shop and he buys three more, and and uh, they put the bins on him, and it just and the yeah. uh, the shopkeeper is um that he gets a remote control cars from is um oh yeah uh, he was familiar. He's uh, like part of the comedy company team. Yeah, that's right, comedy yeah. company. Yeah, Ian McFarland. There you go. Yeah. Mhm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just—it's really delightful. Mm. It's very, it's very delightful. Mm. This film. Well, mm. look, look. I don't mind. It can be a short one. No, look, I'm, I'm glad you like it. That's fine. Because yeah, someone, I'm someone not needs stop to stop saying it. And look, <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. I'd never heard of it, and I never want to hear it ever again. Look, yeah, well, but looking at the the cover, I would never watch it. Sure. I'd just be like, I'm not watching it. Um, so, you know, it was an hour and 20 odd minutes, so I was quite happy with that. I was like, oh yeah, this will, they won't waste any time, I guess, with this, which they didn't. (laughs) Um, and yeah, I just, yeah, I think, you know, back before when we were talking about the acting, there's another thing about Aussie films is you get a lot of awkwardness, but you, you tend to get quite a lot of just... Just a bit shit acting, I guess. Like, maybe they just don't take the time to... Make, oh, they don't have the budget to get the amount of takes that they want or whatever. I don't know, but... Yeah, um, I reckon that's probably reasonable. Uh, I just think it's 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 a pretty common thing that it's just a little bit, oh, a bit off, you know? It's, it's don't fine. Don't you think it's a style, though, more don't than know. anything? Or, or if it's got something to do with our accent, maybe, that puts me off. I don't know. Like, it's... Because there's a thing about... There's a thing about, like, 80s Australian accent. It's a lot broader. Mm. It is very mm. broad. It's a lot broader than it is now. Mm. You know, yeah. even just like even if you say Malcolm, right? You say Malcolm now. Malcolm. If you said Malcolm in the eighties, it's like Malcolm. Malcolm. You know, yeah. it's longer. It's like <laughs> Malcolm. I think it was. <laughs> I think true. it was kind of put on though. It's, it just doesn't seem. Oh, see, well, see that's know. the other thing. So. Like, did we put it on more to get more of a worldwide appeal? Because see, like, I oh. think. I think it was put on more in a film like Crocodile Dundee. Yeah. That was clearly like It's aimed for overseas. Across. It's aimed for overseas. It's the whole you know, like the whole Wally character is supposed to be ridiculous and over the top. And so and Mick Dundee is like purposefully acting over the top. Like Yeah. You know, he checks the sun he checks the wristwatch and then checks the sun. Like it's all bullshit. Like that's his yeah, that's his that's, that's thing. thing. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, exactly right. That's his thing, right? So 
But there's that. like, but Crocodile Dundee doesn't have that that awkwardness that a lot of other Australian films of that time, and even to even through the '90s and so forth, that there was always something that was just a bit weird about Australian films. Like probably mm. one of the only early '80s films that maybe isn't a bit weird that really seems to flow nicely, which this is going to sound really weird, but it's probably BMX Bandits. Uh, yeah. Because BMX Bandits is... Well, I think like Quentin Tarantino some BMX Bandits up as the Australian Goonies. And it's like... Yeah, for yeah, sure. Okay. Absolutely. Yep, I'll pay yep. that for sure. And I watched it the other day because um, Gemma hadn't seen it before, which was really funny. And I kind of fell asleep through it. And at the end, she woke me up and she went, that was great. It's like... Yeah, it is. It's really good. Yeah, I know. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's a great film. And, Why are you but, surprised? Yeah, but I've, I've seen it so many times. And, and that's one of the films that doesn't have that awkwardness. Crocodile Dundee doesn't have that awkwardness. And it's probably why they were really successful. But every single other film, like even to the point of one of my favourite films of all time being Mad Max, is still really awkward. Like it's, it, it lacks just there's something about it. But I think in Mad Max, though, that's his character. And that's the whole point of it. And that's why, you know, obviously Mad Max was also a groundbreaking film for a lot of things that it did and you know sure. it's worldwide popularity but um yeah it's still there's always that something well, like you can tell it's an australian I don't, film. I don't know if you could talk about the first one having worldwide popularity mm. well the, the world didn't really know the first one existed they until didn't know until max was a thing until the road warrior really well but no road warrior should, is mad max in the states I've got a DVD. I bought it when I was there. I purposely bought it when I was in the States for the first time. And it's literally, I've got a copy of The Road Warrior, which is Mad Max. And all that it's yeah. dubbed and all the scenes where they're driving is flipped. So he's driving on the other side of the road. So he's driving no on the other way. side. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, but, wasn't, but that was done after Mad Max 2. No, no I'm pretty sure it was released in you the reckon? States as, as The Road Warrior. Yeah. Okay. And then, okay. And, but then I think it was in then... I think Mad Max 2 was called Mad Max 2. Yeah. So here we knew it as Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior. The Road Warrior, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Look, let someone choose Mad Max and we'll we'll delve into that. I've been waiting for you to choose a man. (laughs) Oh, it's on my list. Don't worry. (laughs) I'm sure it is. Kundalini wants his hand back. So next film is uh, Mad Max. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What are we talking about? I see. I'm not sure I am on board with this awkwardness thing. Like, no, I am. I'm. I'm totally on board with it. This film feels very 80s Australia, which it's kind of just how it was. Like, I don't know. We were. It was broader. It was like. I don't think they're trying. Like, like I said before, like Crocodile Dundee. They would definitely the close <laughs> for a measure of comparison crocodile dundee feels like the australian episode of the simpsons yes right mm. it's parody it's like oh, australia I'm- it's australia turned up to 11 mm-hmm. whereas this where's malcolm feels way more genuine this feels way more like what was going like when you think about the bar scenes that were just really like low key and just like dudes hanging out in some dirty bar in Collingwood, the thing like, what personified yeah. it for me was when verbally was, abusing women. Well, when he was asking yeah. all the questions and, and of, sexually um, abusing, yeah. When he was asking all the questions of Frank, uh, when he wanted to move in, like that scene was so painfully awkward. And I know that that's because that's what Malcolm's like. 
but it's just yeah, that's not. I don't think that's a. You can't say that's Australian cinema yeah, as a whole. A lot of that that's, stuff. That's like there's a lot of that stuff. That scene is like it's specifically awkward because of because of Malcolm, because of how Malcolm is, and that's how he sees the world, and that's how he interacts socially. Like you would, you could you define it as um, lacking social skills, but you know they're just they're, he's, he's a person. Like, it's just mm. different. Yeah. It's just and different to my social skills. Or he's obviously very intelligent yours. as well. Like, yeah. Like, Tim, our social skills are very different. You know? Like, my point is, it's like, that. it said way more about the character of Malcolm <laughs> than broadly Australian film. But it's like, you know, the conversations between Jimmy and... Um and um, uh, two hands, like Echo. No, not Echo. Pando. No, <laughs> not Pando. <laughs> <laughs> not Willie. Oh, before you, Jimmy and the uh, well, and the guy that works in King's Cross is the. But yeah, that. But um, oh, Rose, Rose Ro- Byrne. Rose Byrne. Thank yeah. you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But like that. Oh, oh so that I wish you go to the pictures. Yeah, <laughs> you like the pictures? Yeah, but you know, like. Oh, we should go. <laughs> like a lot of that film, there's a lot of really great awkward dialogue in that film as well. Yeah. Um, so, on but are you saying not. that's sorry? But hang on, are you saying that's on purpose? That's like I don't a know. that's like a theme across Australian cinema, or is that Australia's terrible acting ability? Nah, I think it's. I'm going more of a theme. Okay. Okay. <laughs> than than our acting ability. Yeah, I'm going more of a theme. Okay, good. We that's, just love. That's better. We just love to do it. We just love pauses just and love weirdness. An, an awkward. <laughs> <laughs> just weird, just weird interactions. We just bloody. We just love it. It's funny. Yeah. Well, yeah. Kiwis do it really well as well, don't they? Yeah. It's like that. Like yeah. But that's I know what what I mean, it's, it's what makes the. It's what ma- what in two hands. What makes that conversation about the shotgun so funny? Because it's so. <laughs> it's so awkward <laughs> and just <laughs> oh yeah yeah nah, yeah mate yeah yeah, yeah mate <laughs> you know I mean? like, <laughs> <laughs> but I agree with the drawn and I do I do feel like going back to the accent that we do put on a little bit like I still think we put it on for our our big shows in the UK like Neighbours and Home and Away like I think the Aussie accents in that are very much the same Malcolm like they're very yeah, like they're super. Oh, Chef Kiss, Black Oka. broad. Like, yeah, <laughs> and I just think that that appeals. It's like, you know, it's like EastEnders over there. Like we, that that Essex accent's so thick, and you know, we just mm. people just love to hear it. I guess. And it sure, sure, people. yeah, yeah, makes it a sellable quality. But see, I don't think that film. That, I don't think this film was doing that anywhere near like it wasn't trying to sell to an overseas market necessarily mm. they just tell it just feels like it's telling like quite a genuine and comedically light story mm. yeah what about is. like I mean another film The Nugget right with Eric oh, yeah. yeah like I don't think that wasn't appealing to anyone overseas that was purely for us yeah. I think 
um, yeah. despite the fact that Eric Banner was in it, but I'm not sure. Like, he was big then, right? Like, I, just, I can't remember mm, when it was. Can't remember. But it's the same sort of thing. Like, Chopper. that's so Aussie. Chopper though. was what made him huge. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Anyway, it's just... But then, but then a- like, you look at... Sorry, Brad. I think we're going to say the same thing. Um, you got films like The Castle that were not uh, that's meant exactly for where I was going. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, I knew where. And, um, the Castle was not meant for anyone outside of Australia to love, and it's absolutely adored by so many people in other countries because yeah. you know they've been to Australia once, and it's just what they recognise about Australia, and and it was just as popular in the UK as it was here, probably more popular, and it was hugely popular in the US as well. So. Mm. Um, mm. It's it's like a lot of people. That's just what they think Australia is. Is is the castle, and you know what? For a lot of families, it is. I suppose. Yeah, it is yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, but that was a film that wasn't uh, meant to be anything outside of Australia, and it was huge. Yeah. <laughs> so well done to them. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, cool. I mean, right, maybe I the, like- maybe the stories that are worth telling are the people that have those broad accents. At the end of the day, well, maybe. Yeah. So look, I think subconsciously. My aim of picking this film was just, I just wanted to like share it, you know, I just, as I've said, I enjoy this film a lot because it's just delightful and I got to share it and I feel like I've, I feel like you you two have have come a little bit closer to the line since we started talking. Yeah, but Al, people are sharing COVID. Not everyone wants that. (laughs) (laughs) Ouch. Um, Look, we're kicking on a bit, um, (laughs) which is good. Well done, guys. We're kicking on. Well, this has gone for about 40 minutes longer than I thought it was going to go, so that's all right. (laughs) Um, I think we should do our Al's favourite segment, um, where we talk about not just Malcolm, but the universe that it's involved in, Brad. being Guess what the I BT forgot. EU, the Bill and Ted Extended <laughs> Universe. Um, obviously, every film's connected somehow to Bill and Ted, so let's try and figure out what it is, and without further ado, let's get cracking on every film. Ted Universe, oh man. I haven't been well recently, so my... Worth it. My Still high great. end has gone up quite a bit. Um, Speaking of COVID... Um, I've, I have one. <laughs> I have one. What? Nice. You have I've COVID? Got, I've got it. I've got oh, it. Oh, right. No, BT. Right. Mine, mine, as Al would say, is an extremely long bow, but I'm going to go <laughs> with it anyway. It's probably all we've got. Let's go. If, if they were to take a human form, could Station be Malcolm? <laughs> <laughs> That's the biggest bow because, we've had yet. <laughs> because you can, you can see Malcolm building the... The great robot asses, the Bill and Ted robot yep. asses. Yeah. Um, and maybe I don't know. Maybe some sometime because this was obviously before. Yeah, before Bill and Ted. Before. So maybe at some point they, if they were in human form, they were in <laughs> this shy mechanical <laughs> engineer no, Malcolm. That works in that Melbourne, works. Australia. Look, what- <laughs> what I was going to say was, uh, well, Station's the smartest scientist in the universe, so who's to say they didn't come from Melbourne? Like, who's to say? You know. Uh, look, I was I was on the same path, Tim. I I was going to suggest that uh, Malcolm is a major contributor in the future to Booth technology. Yeah. Um, it just seems like a logical step that he has a hand in, you know, the most advanced mm-hmm. scientific discovery 
you know. How old is Malcolm, do we think? Does it say how old he is? He'd be like... 40s? 30s. Nah. It'd be like mid to late 30s. Right, okay. Hmm. Maybe, yeah. Give or take. I mean, yeah, I mean, look, that's the best. It's it's a stretch because there's probably a lot of people a lot smarter than Malcolm in the world. But you know, if we're talking BTU, but are there? But in the in the specific need of booth time travel technology, hmm? Hmm? I don't think so. I don't think so, Tim. Okay. I don't, I don't think so. All right. Well, you know, let's go with that for now. Good, unless good segment. Unless someone else can come up with it, because we do still have magnets to give away. We even. have so many magnets. If you can come up with a better come on, you guys connection, bloody drop us a line, because yeah, bloody bloody. See, look, this movie's bringing it out of me. Bloody ah, you, George. Ah, you flaming drongo. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, drop us a line and let us know if there's something else in there that we're missing, because we could be missing it. So, totally likely. <laughs> nice. Uh, Ratings. Let's rate. Al, do you want to go? Start this off sure. high? Sure, sure. I'm going to say 75%. I'm like, I'm having a nice time. This will be like a chuck it on and just like swim in the niceness of Malcolm and 80s Melbourne. Just make a tea. Is that the that music oh, so that good. was playing when they were the when they were controlling the bins? Yeah, yeah. Oh man, like that dial tone music. It was horrific. <laughs> ah, it was great. It wasn't at the start of a um. Uh, I've forgotten the name of the band now. Really big band in the late nineties. Didn't they start one of their huge Motor songs? Race. No. <laughs> Sorry, I've been, I've been watching a lot of Secret Life of Us recently. Um, who did OK Computer? <laughs> Radiohead. Oh, Radiohead. Radiohead. Wasn't there a Radiohead song that started with that, a section of that? Mm, that's what I can think of. Pretty sure there was. I know. Rick will be screaming at, the, at his... Good. Well, his Rick, can you, can you let us know? There's definitely a let song know, that Rick. was in the late 90s, early 2000s that oh, look, the a, start of the song was... They sampled that. I'm quite a Radiohead yeah. fan. It didn't ring a bell for me, but... Yeah, Maybe it wasn't Radiohead Rick, then. Maybe Rick it was will be the else. guy to go to. So. Cool. Well, Rick, help us out. Um, the other thing with that is that there's no way they could have kept an eye on that guard with those cameras. Like they, <laughs> not one of those we didn't cameras. Talk about that. Not one of those for, cameras was on the lift. Just quietly. for one for for one joke. That was a really long scene. <laughs> I'm like, so I'm amazed and I'm impressed at how long they stuck with that joke. I actually like, said, oh, out loud, we're going again. I said out loud, oh, God, don't jump back out of the lift. Just let it go. And he did. I'm <laughs> just like, oh, let God. it go. <laughs> just let it go. That was um, <laughs> pretty good resolution for a uh, yeah. bought from the shop camera in the 1980s as well. Absolutely. Mm. Very high tech. That whole chibang. All right. Ratings. Come on. What else you got? I'll Brad. go. I'll go. Uh, I'll probably. Look, it has a lot of charm, this movie. I'd agree oh, with so that. Charming. It's just full of charm. So I I won't watch it again for sure. Hundred percent. Guarantee no watch again. Um, oh hundred percent. Alright, I'll just write that down. <laughs> well done. Good one. Oh, that's surprising. Stop. Um I'd probably give it thirty, just based on a charm factor. Bud Tingwell and Trams. Bud, Bud, Bud Tingwell, Bud Tingwell is the bad guy. You never see him as the bad guy. Yeah. Well, he's not the bad guy. He's the most realistic guy. The Malcolm stole from work. <laughs> he's the most realistic guy. <laughs> Malcolm stole shit from work. He's got to get fired. Sorry. End of story. I take, I take points off for Frank. 
of the amount of ciggies he threw on the ground. Oh, man. Oh, it's yeah. just like you're Well, it's kid. 80s Melbourne. I know, I know. People yeah. didn't care. People didn't know, but still. Mm-hmm. Still don't care. Anyway. Very true. Good right. point. Uh, 20. 20. Well, okay then. You're a man of few words for this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, haven't, we didn't get anything from Jules. I know he watched it, but... I don't think he sent us anything. <laughs> we should just, just get that little, get a little <laughs> should, sentence of him after he watched it. That would be enough. He, he did you know it's not going to be more than shot, 20. Yeah. yeah. His, yeah. his review is not going to be more than 20. We should pop that on Facebook, actually. Quite funny. <laughs> uh, very good. Al, uh, before we get on to what we're doing next episode, uh, where can yes. you find us, big fella? Oh, uh, you can find us on Facebook by searching Sandima School of Film. Uh, you can find us on Instagram by searching Sandema School of Film. Uh, you can send us an email at sandemasfilm at gmail.com. Yep. Uh, for all your listener requests, we love getting listener requests. It makes our job much easier. Uh, we're on Twitter. We're on all the podcatchers. Just search Sandema School of Film. Including Spotify. Including Spotify. I haven't checked how we're doing. I don't know how to don't check know, how we're doing. I don't think you can. I don't know. Cool. All right. Good chat. Um, yeah. Get in touch with us. Let us know how charming Malcolm was. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. You know what? I didn't know what to expect. I should also mention that I probably gave extra points as well for the yellow car, the car that he built. Yeah. What car was it, Brad? Uh, it was a little Honda, <laughs> I think, uh, Honda R130 or something. Um I don't know. They had like a motorbike engine in them. They were a really cool car. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, two like, motorbike engines like in this Well, case. two motorbike engines in this one, but yeah. <laughs> no. In, in real life, I think they had like a three-cylinder or a two-cylinder motorbike engine in them. They're Wonder Honda's sort of first mass production cars. Um, yeah, cool. Cool little car. R160, I think they were. I don't know. Yeah, Carfax like with Brad. 800cc motorbike engine with a weird-ass gearbox bolted to the side of it. Yeah, they were cool. Yeah. See, See, when people get into it, you just let them go because they love it and I'm like great you could have said Honda and I would have been happy the, the car was the best the best actor in the film <laughs> did you see the range it had like it split personality um, <laughs> it was yellow alright it was yellow <laughs> righto uh, alright next episode um, listener request I believe we're going to jump into Ooh. listener requests which, which is I'll good. It means we won't get another Malcolm. Uh. Oh, maybe we will. <laughs> maybe. Mm. Might be Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> okay, so uh, looking at the list, uh, Brad, you're definitely not going to have a problem with this one. Uh, my neighbour, Luke, has got, you know, we he's got a show. It's called What's That About? You should check it out. It's very mm. funny. What's that about? Uh, what's that about? What's that about? Well, you'll have to tune in. Anyway, uh, so we we talk pod across the fence, and I'm like, put in a request. And he's gone, oh, easy, no question. 1984. Great year. The Karate Kid. Sweet. Oh, sweet. (laughs) It was was an absolute diminishing returns when we get to this film. (laughs) Can we just do this podcast like right now? (laughs) Oh, yeah, sorry, the remake. Yeah, yeah. The (laughs) Jada. The, yeah, the, the, the Jaden Smith and uh, Jaden Smith and Jackie, Jackie Chan. Chan yeah. I don't even need to watch this film. I could do the podcast on this right now. Like, let's just go. <laughs> let's just go. <laughs> let me watch it again first. It's been a while for me. So. 
<laughs> this All is going right. to be interesting because I've, I've got to say that recently my views of this film has massively changed. So I will watch it again. I haven't seen it in a little while, but I'll watch it again. Mm. Okay. Cool. Give it a go. Good. Cool. All right. Very Excellent. Good. All right. Well, that sounds good. Well, okay. Well, next, next episode, we're going to do The Karate Kid back to 1984. In the meantime, don't forget to be excellent to your ears and potty on dudes. See you next time. Sweet.